All right, Marin. So one thing that comes up for me often, and this could come through an Instagram message, which seemingly is benign, or it could be an email telling me uh, it's so. I feel so privileged to be in birth work, and thank you for the work you do. It's that type of emails, and they're lovely. Hmm. But like I don't know, a certain percentage of the time, I also get emails that sort of imply that. Um, holding space is the thing you do in birth. And, and let me, let me qualify that a little bit. If I, I used to, I, I went to um, a birth with Stu Fishbein when I was in residency, who's a friend of both of ours, um, really, really great guy, great doctor, definitely different style of practice than me in some ways. He's a little bit more hands-on, but he's also attending some really, really high risk births. And yeah. I went to a birth with him and he, he was like, I was like, okay. I was like kind of amped up. Like, we're ready. Going to have a birth. There's a baby coming. You know, we're in this person's house in Temecula. And um, he kind of like, he kind of gestured to pause. He's like, I'm going to teach you the art of doing nothing. And I was like, what do you mean by that? I'm a doctor. I do things. <laughs> and so uh, it was at that moment that I realized, ah, the reason that Stu Fishbein or any birth worker who's experienced, who's been to, let's say, 100 plus births. I don't know. Like, that's a sort of an arbitrary number. But... Um, even 50 births, there's a lot of births to go to. So let's use the number 50. If you've been to 50 or plus births and you've seen some, some, some scary stuff, it is possible that you may never have to do anything while you're there. And so if you're doing nothing at the birth, somebody might look at that and say like, well, gosh, I could do that. They just sit there and they hold space, right? And when you have that perfectly normal like my wife's birth the two hours of labor at home in the bed right if the midwife hadn't been there i mean granted i could have been like in the bathroom you know pooping or something and <laughs> this baby can't would have come out it was so fast like and unexpected with the breath work that that uh oh we should talk about that in another episode is yes, the breath work. We should. um we should. so people see that and they're like oh man birth work is easy like you don't have to do anything the baby just comes out what's with all the medical interventions and all that and i agree with you however I feel like when somebody implies that like, man, what do doctors even do? Or what do midwives really do? They're missing the point that for the first 50 times you did it, there was a lot of stuff happening. And you, you generate this like, this clinical gestalt. It's, a, it's an intuition about when stuff needs to be intervened or when, when interventions need to, be, need to happen or when you can just kind of let this happen. You know, let, let's let this sacred process unfold. So you're a midwifery uh, instructor, so to speak. You guide women to becoming midwives. And I get the sense that you have a little bit of this as well, where people, they see it as easy because you've set the person up and the person has set themselves up for a relatively smooth ride through an otherwise really challenging experience. Like, I'm not going to say any birth is easy. I've never given birth. I would not i mean think right now i'm cool with not giving birth myself <laughs> i've i've done it enough in in proxy to people that i love um but they'll see you marin at a birth and it's like wow like this is i'm ready i'm ready for this and i i want to caution everyone, anybody out there if you're going to go and attend a six-week training program and you're going to attend somebody and say that i have the skills to hold space for birth that's fine but then what happens when something does need to happen and you don't have those skills i'm going to pause there <laughs> and i'm curious what you think about that like like what do you think about somebody reaching out to me and saying yeah it seems kind of easy what you do 
I'd say you just don't know what you don't know. And the overwhelming feeling that I get being on social media, especially, and just kind of like the way the world is so heavily right now, which is black or white. Right. And I think all nuance has been lost. And the teaching of like the art of attending birth, which I think is mostly, you know, like mostly what midwives do. Yes, we have skills, but not to the extent that you do. So there's just this art woven with science. And I don't know how you can rush that. And I and I don't know why people want to rush that. But it's way easier to just be black and white and say what you said, like, oh, well, I mean, babies just come out like we're not needed. <laughs> and I've said that I've said yeah. I am not needed as a midwife. So I think I've added to the confusion, but I mean it with nuance. I mean that I'm not needed for birth to be safe. But if I am going to be there and someone is going to hire right. me, then I had better know what I'm doing because I'm not just sitting praying in the other room yeah. or saying babies always come out. Um, it doesn't take very long to realize that that's not 100% true. And that isn't even related to anything maybe you did or didn't do or the woman did or didn't do. And I think that's another really common misconception of overeager students or birth keepers or whatever. Um, oh, if we just hold space for all of the emotional work in pregnancy, of course, this baby's going to fall out. So what do we need the skills for? We're not going to do a vaginal exam. This baby's not going to get stuck. Um, and again, I've said the same thing, like, do your work in pregnancy. This is a deep inner process. You know, there's lots of growth. But at the end, or the end of the uh, pregnancy, when we go into birth, um, we don't know what to expect. And I think the lack of humility around that is really disturbing. Like, yeah to me. That's what that's what just gets me. It's not that like you'll ever know it at all. It's not that oh there's definitely a number at which you do know something, although I think it's arguable that less than, you know, 50 births for sure is not enough to be attending yeah. births as a midwife. Um but the lack of humility, the lack of humility around this whole thing yeah. has me really uh dumbfounded. Yeah, I mean, the, the three big emergencies are hypertensive disorders where women can stroke out from preeclampsia and whatnot. They are shoulder dystocias and they're postpartum hemorrhage, right? And then, of course, the need for rushing to the hospital for an emergency C-section for whatever, fetal distress. Until you're the, the person in charge of that, that woman, getting that woman to wherever it is that her final destination is, like she may even say, I'm okay with the baby dying. I'm not going to have a C-section. Fine. That's on her. We can do all the counseling and recommending and even coercing if we want. If they say, no, I can't cut into you without your permission. So that aside, until you've actually experienced a shoulder dystocia, or let's say a breech birth. Rixa Freeze was just on my podcast recently, and her pod, mm -hmm. her episode goes up rec in a couple weeks. But um, she told a story about how she and David Hayes, I don't even think David was actually in on the call, but she and uh, another midwife who is, has seen like 500 breech births, they were called during a shoulder dystocia in order to facilitate the maneuvers and try to help out. And the baby didn't come out for like 15, 20 minutes, head stuck. And yeah. Rixa was like, you know, we teach everybody that this is natural. We teach everybody it's a quote, you know, a, a variant of normal to be breech. But if that head gets stuck and you're the person in charge, what on planet earth 
are you going to do if you don't have any skills? And you can say, like you said, I mean, you can feel like a midwife. You can feel like a woman who supports women in birth. That's fine. Nobody, nobody can take that away from you. And I honor you for that. But if you're the person and the buck stops with you whenever an intervention has to happen and you've gone through a six-week training program and you're going you're gonna to say you're the person that's going to get you to safe pastures, you, you, if you don't have any tools to help in those specific medical emergencies, like you can't give injections, you don't know how the medicines work, you don't know the maneuvers, you don't know how to flip them on all fours and reposition the hips in the Gaskin maneuver or to relieve the posterior arm for a, a really bad shoulder dystocia or the wood screw Rubens maneuvers or how to break a humerus without, you know, creating some horrible neurologic palsy in their brachial plexus. If you're going to be stuck with the only option is I have to decapitate this baby which by the way is at the very, very end of the road. <laughs> if that's what, if you think magically that, that this is going to be resolved on its own, you are going to do serious harm out there. And it's just not, I mean, we talked about this in our first podcast about what makes a midwife. Um, but then if you're not going to have those tools, fine. How now, what tools are you going to bring to the table in order to counsel this woman as she's going through the trauma of losing a baby in childbirth? Are you going to kick right. these people to the curb and say you didn't follow the instructions? Are you, are, are these people, right. you know, trained as trauma informed therapists? Like, like, w- like, what are we doing here? No, I mean, I think what the response may be, and I'm just guessing, and it certainly isn't everyone. The response would be Nathan, that's fearful. <laughs> that's fearful, Nathan. So if you're going to focus on shoulder dystocia, then you're just a fearful provider and you don't trust birth enough. And you don't trust the woman enough. And so it's an avoidance and it's avoidance of not having the skill. And again, a lack of humility. So it's not like, oh, yeah, I don't have that skill. Like, wow, hmm, that would be really hard and humbling if I were to find myself in that situation. No, it's a complete reversal. It's fearful. It's fearful to call out the fact that when you don't have skills, um, you may not be suited to calling yourself that role. And accepting money for it. I think it's just a lack of integrity. So there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah, yeah, you're, you're totally right. I mean, it, it, this is not even just within like the birthing community. I mean, this is, this is even, I can't tell you how many times I've been, I haven't been offended because I, I, my ego is like, was pulverized to dust long ago. I've told you that. But like in the hospital, you know, like, I don't know, compare like an OBGYN to a general surgeon. The general surgeon operates in all parts of the body, the skin, the muscles, the bone, the connective tissue, whatever. They do abdominal surgery. They do appendectomies. They do cholecystectomies. I mean, they're doing all kinds of things. I'm a GYN surgeon. I operate in the pelvis. And if you ask a general surgeon how to do a hysterectomy, they're not going to have any idea. Hmm. I mean, they might be able to look it up in a book and figure it out. But if you're the patient undergoing that procedure, you probably want a high volume GYN surgeon, which by the way, I'm not any longer. Um, but I remember, you know, being in the operating room and asking for help and the general surgeons like kind of brush you off. And I used to take offense to that. And it's like, and they didn't brush you off, but they'd be like, how do you not know how to do that? And it's like, because I didn't train to do that. So you wouldn't want a GYN surgeon operating on your gallbladder because I don't have those skills. I could feel like a general surgeon, like, hey, I have done a lot of surgery um, I have sat with a lot of women. Does that make me a midwife? Does that make me a birth attendant? I just, I just don't know exactly what, what are we doing? What benefit are we providing to the world by dishonoring the time and the patience 
that somebody like me or you or anybody who's really done their done their due diligence to learn these skills it it seems to, it, it just like kind of dishonors that time in that presence like do we not want people who are experienced birth keepers in our communities attending to birth who know when they need to call for backup who know when they have limitations like i've got this collaborator program and the midwives that are in the program are so grateful because they're like i don't have all the answers and i tell them neither do i but i have some answers that perhaps you hadn't considered so if you need some help let's put our heads together and let's figure it out there, there's humility in that and it doesn't mean i'm stupid if i have to ask for help or that i don't have all the answers it's actually quite it's actually quite refreshing when somebody can admit i just don't know right you know yeah that's so true in fact jason my husband was talking about someone he's working with and anyway they were kind of like working on marketing and copywriting and that kind of thing trying to figure out where the strong points of this person's business is um, and there's somebody that does healing so the person said to jason you know this culture this western american culture um, we're so determined to not take help from anybody because we see it as a weakness. And he referenced, I believe it was Chinese culture, you know, where it's an honor to be asked to support someone and to help them. And, you know, doing it alone mm. isn't the goal. Whereas here, and of course it made me think of free birth and it made me think of what we're talking about, you know, midwives, especially these younger or not younger, newer midwives who don't have experience, um, they don't ask for help. Like I've seen it. I've been uh, privy to it. You know, they don't want to know because it would mean something about them. Yeah. And I guess that's an insecurity, but it's a really, really bad one <laughs> to have as yeah. a birth worker. Yeah. Um, yeah. If I didn't have you to call, if I didn't have Margot to call in, you know, a handful of other people, uh, gosh, that would be really, really challenging. So I don't know. I don't know where that comes from, though. This, like, again, lack of humility and and this, um, you know, black and whiteness between, like, what you said is, like, oh, I don't know everything either. So I think some people take that to an extreme. It's like, well, if no one knows anything, then then no one knows anything. So Wait, I could just why go would do I what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, no, there's a nuance there. Of course, no one knows everything. But there are things to right, know, you know, right. before you start out. Duh. Well, I mean, yeah, and I, I want to. I also want to touch on what you said about the the sort of negativity. You're just being negative. It's like mm -hmm. I heard it with my own ears. Yeah, just being negative when you don't support someone in promoting themselves as something they aren't. That's that's negative and fearful. Yeah, that's like saying that, you know, the the secret. Remember that book? It was like a bit of a metaphysical book mm. about manifesting mm -hmm. your dreams and this and that. What I think people hear when they hear that is that, and, and they become so disillusioned with it, is that like, you just think about it and a bike appears. That's how the, there was a film right. about it. And it was so stupid and cheesy. But I don't think people realize that like, you don't just magically make things happen. No. Like you and I are both sorcerers in our own way we both seem to gravitate we we gravitate towards one another like this like the moon and the earth 
Um, totally. You can be the moon because you're so much more yin. Um, <laughs> uh, and you're, pr- yeah, you're, you're, we're not destroying the moon yet. We're destroying the earth. <laughs> so maybe there's a, some vestige of hope there for, uh, for you, but um, <laughs> we're not destroying the moon yet. Not until we land there and start our, our colony, um, which sounds like so much fun uh, yeah. living on the moon. But anyways, <laughs> sorry, I digress. Um, we attract the people that, that end up in reinforcing what we know and helping us build our skills and build our relationships. We, 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 we set an intention and something has been created and we go towards that, right? It's not brick and mortar yet, but there's this thing we imagine and that thing has built. We are now just filling in the gaps, sort of like, um, like a color by picture. The picture's there. You just have to put oh. the colors down. And so there's hard work in creating the life that I have, the life that you and Jason have, have made for yourselves. You didn't just magically wake up one day as sovereign citizens that are just going to, you know, lollygag around the countryside being, you know, cheerful and free of, of government control. Like, <laughs> that's not even really where, what you are now. Like, you're not, there's no, it's not like you woke up in some Oz or something like that. Like, you guys spent years really figuring out and, and calculating what it is that, what it is that you want. And that in and of itself is the manifestation process. But in birth work, if you're just going to go in and, and just imagine you're going to wake up and a baby's going to be out and everything's going to be peachy keen, that's fine. You can do that. But like at what cost? You know, maybe 90% of the time it goes, well, what about that 10% of the time when you actually need help and you've been trained that if you aren't willing to admit you don't know something or that by thinking that something bad might be happening is, quote, negative thinking and that you're manifesting bad things. Mm. But maybe there is a little, you know, uh, some truth to that. Like if you stare at the pothole on the highway, you severe into it. But on the, on the whole, why not go prepared with the skills that allow you to hold space for the process? And then when you see me go into action, I will be, you will see a different version of me. I'm going to be pushing you out of the way and I'm going to be doing the thing that has to happen to keep this person safe. But otherwise, I might be in the other room playing Candy Crush or something. You know, probably not Candy Crush. I don't have that one. But uh, <laughs> you, you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, because it takes time, no mm-hmm. matter what skill set you're looking to develop, even if it's something not hands-on, yeah. even if it's prenatal appointments. That's like a whole other thing. We're so focused on the birth and people think, oh, I can just sit there and watch. And that's all this is. Um, what about supporting someone through their pregnancy? Like, do you really yeah. have the experience and the skills for that? Because I know for me, it took a really long time. I, you know, I mean, and this is nothing compared to the numbers that you go by, but like, you know, thousands of prenatals, like thousands yeah. before I felt like I even knew how to counsel someone. And maybe I'm slow. Maybe it doesn't take people that long. But I guess I'm just wondering, you know, if you think babies just fall out and that makes you a midwife, um, are you really ready and skilled to just support someone? And that isn't just sitting there. That isn't just nodding and affirming everything they say. Like, it's a very deep um, process that I think we're always learning about, you know? Right, right. Yeah, it, what what comes to mind is like a duo of a rapper and the hype man who's just bouncing around in the back. You know, I love your your metaphors <laughs> that come in; they're so funny. So the rapper has got like this incredible lyrical genius, right? And they've got the rhythm, and they're using loop pedals, and they're throwing out all this great these great beats, and 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 then there's the guy in the back who's just like hyping it up, you know, just getting the crowd going, and um, 
you know, you could be the hype guy or you could be the, you could be the, 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 the person who's put in the equity to learn a skill that's going to help somebody else. I mean, it's, that's kind of it. Um, the hype man has the magical thinking, gets a paycheck on the side, you know, cause they're hyping everybody up, but man, it's the rapper with the skills. It's the, it's the, uh, the front man who's, who's really driving the show. Um, and, and I, I know that driving the show is not really the language I would use for, for birth, but, but from a standpoint of, of, of engaging people in responsible conversations that is on you, you are the captain of the conversation. And if you don't ask, and if you don't have the skills to know what to ask, then you're inevitably going to lead them down a path that perhaps they're not prepared for. And that's, that's really the, uh, the crux of it. Yeah. My last thought, you know, people might be wondering like, why do you care? And sometimes I ask myself, why do I care? <laughs> it's not my life. You know, I'm just doing the best <laughs> I can in my life, but right. I care because I think, Oh, our timer. Perfect. Timing. I think women deserve the best that they know how to find. And also I do want to see more midwives. Like that's why we have a school. It's right. not to churn out people that only like half did the work. Um, we want, to see women all over the world able to support families in this way. And I think that adds integrity, not just to the role of midwife, but to the options that all women have. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. to stop muddying the waters with all these other versions is impossible in my dream world, maybe, um, because everybody can do what they want to do. But hopefully we'll have some really awesome midwives out there. Uh, you know, I know in what the that. next bunch of years. I know why I care. And, and the reason is that I have people who've gone to, they've had a birth with somebody who's inexperienced and it was so traumatic for them that they'd rather have a hospital birth. It was mm -hmm. so bad. They have felt completely left alone. Like they, they tell me, they, they say things like, I wish I would have had a wise woman elder at my birth. Instead, I was left with somebody who had no idea what to do when things went, went hairy. Yeah. Um, and so much so that they almost didn't get to the hospital in time and the baby was could have died and very likely would have died had the woman in her intuition said enough person, whatever you call yourself, midwife or not, I'm going to the hospital because I can, something's not right. There's too much blood or something else, you know? Um, and that's that. That's why I care yep. because I'm seeing these people and I'm having to, uh, to, to really carefully navigate through the trauma that was an experience offered to them by a person who was not being completely genuine and what it is yeah. that they had to offer. So that's why I care. That's the only reason I care. Otherwise, you, you know, everybody's free to do what they want, hire whoever they want. I'm not, it's not no skin off my back or your back. Like we're not, I'm not hurting financially, nor are you. Um, it's not like uh, we need to um, corral people in our direction. Like that's not an interest to me. In fact, I don't necessarily want more people coming into my direction because per our last episode, I've got a 15% <laughs> tank. And uh, I need a little more bandwidth. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, that didn't even enter into my mind yeah. in a sense. Like, it's not about that at all. And again, I think in that same way that people say, oh, that's fearful. Um, and this is the last thing I'll say, you know, it's, oh, that's policing. That's what we get from a lot of women. Oh, you're trying to police people. And it's like, nope, not trying to police you. Go ahead and feel free to do what you would like to do. Um, but if you could just be honest with people, maybe we could agree on that. Yeah. Maybe not. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks for chatting. All right. We'll see you next time. All right.